What's up, bitches and the snitches with their stitches? What an intro. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Unfiltered with Sahar motherfucking Golshani. This episode, I'm really excited, as you can tell. Um, oh, and he just hung up. That is cute. Oh, I'm sorry. Why'd you hang up? <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. You know what? This is why it's unfiltered. We're just going to keep on going with it. Anyways, um, now that you guys know who's going to be on the show, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really excited for this episode because I was on Mastio Rosti. Fuck. What was that? Like a year ago? Was it a was year it really ago? that long ago? I don't know. Anyways, a while ago. And then I was like, you know what, Rom? You have to be on unfiltered ones because his podcast is in Farsi. And I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of your listeners who understand English would love to hear you speak in English and have a podcast in English. So hello and welcome to Unfiltered. Thank you so much for having me, Sahar. It's so good to finally be here. I was actually just um, checking out your last episode with After Hill. Nice. And uh, it was so cool. I loved it. And I was thinking, like, why isn't Sahar putting out more episodes? I, I realized that you haven't been putting out as much episodes as you normally do. What's up with that? I just don't stick to us. I'm just a really busy. Per- I'm just a really busy person in my normal life. So no, but really, um, I just I don't have time. And like, I'm. I guess you can kind of attest to this, but scheduling with people is really hard. There's like four people right now that I'm trying to get on the show. Hamed Nikpe, I'm talking about you. And they never like give me a set time that they're going to come on. Um, and it's just really hard to, you know, there's time differences and shit. So it's like, it's hard to get people to give me a set date and have them on the show. There, so. There's a good app called Calendly, like calendly.com. And uh, basically you can just like make people like fill in slots and reservations of when they can like talk to you or be a guest. I use that a lot. It really helps like schedule because I have like a whole ton of guests coming. I have like 20 guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. Shit. So it's like pretty hectic. Yeah, because um, you're like back and better than ever, right? Like how was... <laughs> let, let's let's talk about that actually. What... I mean, not what happened, but like why did you leave all of a sudden? I mean, I've listened to your episodes before you left, right. but I kind of want to hear it on a more personal level from you. Well, you know, um, in, in this in this world of social media and um, the the dopamine rushes and the attentions and the likes and dislikes yes. and commentary and everything in between, um, and especially for someone like myself who has a sort of love hate relationship with social media, mm-hmm. it's 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 sometimes difficult being in the spotlight. And me being as naked as I am on my show that I talk literally about everything, um, it's it also creates expectations from the audience and because, you know, I, I, I interact a lot with my audience and but then I realize it's just too much. And it's and there's a lot of it is like really hard stuff to to um, take in a lot of people. You know, a lot of it is fun and crazy and hilarious, but a lot of it is really dark and depressing too. the stories that I share and talk about. And that takes a toll on you, you know, after a while. And when it keeps adding up. Uh, you add that to your own personal issues and demons and traumas, and you got yourself like a, a modern day sort of, uh, uh, you know, existential disaster. That makes sense because I guess people start sharing their stuff with you, and it just piles on. Because I I find that happens to me too. You know, I um 
some of my episodes, like I talk about my past and stuff. And then ever since then, a lot of girls have been opening up to me, which I love. Like, I, I'm so happy that I can be that for them. But it really takes a toll on you because it just piles onto your already mound of just crap that's in your head. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, and I, I was just like pat- battling with a lot of personal demons and um, trying to, to figure out how to keep you know, how to save face essentially while I'm trying to work, work out through my own shit, which, which my podcast in a way is this weird form of open therapy in a way. Yeah. And, um, you know, in the process at one point I was, it was just all too much and really overbearing. So I just needed a, a digital detox. I needed a break and decide to go away to a farm. Like I usually do when, 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 when modern life becomes a little bit too hectic for yeah. me. I mean, at one point I was, you know, it, it's a combination of different things, whether it's like the fame, the money, the attention, the sex, the drugs, and, and it all gets mixed up. And I and what, what happens for me, and I hope right now, I, I feel like I have a lot of clarity right now, and I feel I've really found what my path is. And, you know, I've had, you know, a couple of epiphanies on, on my journeys the last couple of months where... I, I really, truly hope that I just stick to what always works for me. And that's just really simply being true to myself and what I believe in. It's like I know what's right and wrong. And, you know, but sometimes you just dip your toes into the dark waters and yeah. uh, you, you get a little taste for it. And and the next thing you know, um, you know, you, you've completely lost your mind and you're, you're going off the rails. Yeah. So it was good for me to sort of take a little break, uh, step back. And but at the same time, I, you know, because I, I had a had a I had this big conflict because the podcast grew tremendously in the last it did. year. It like and, a key, literally, like how many listeners do you get per episode? Um. I don't know. It's like per like each episode streams anywhere between like fifty to two hundred thousand. That's insane. Like, and um, it's it's almost had like ten million downloads. Like on on Castbox alone, it's like three point six seven million, and on all the other apps and everything together, like it's crazy that in one year that there's been that many streams, um, and people have tuned into the to the podcast. But uh, you know, it, it uh, there was a point where I was just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna turn my back on this and and. Because this is what I usually do. And I think it's sort of telling about how I deal with, you know, my my relationship issues, whether I'm commitment phobic mm-hmm. or my projects that I start with a, like this, this passion. And then I just give up halfway through and I start something else and I get excited about something else. So I'm like all over the place a lot of the times. But I one, one thing I really lacked in my life was just being you know, consistent with, with one thing. Yeah. And I just thought about it. I'm like, this is really stupid. If I turn my back on this podcast, it's just like, it's been such a blessing in my life to be perfectly honest. Um, it's, I mean, the negative stuff is, it was, is, is nothing compared to all the love and the beauty and the oh, positivity sure, that sure. came out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, it'd be really stupid for me to turn my back on this. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm back, you know, and, and, but I'm, 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 I'm doing things with a much more, you know, conscious mind, and I'm also actually in the process of, of starting an English podcast as well. Really? No way. Yeah, with this Brazilian friend of mine. She's a really cool girl and um, she has a lot of interesting stories and friends and stuff. And I thought between us we could, because I thought if I do another one in, just by myself in, in English, it'd be really redundant. I'm, I'm already like, you know, I've, I'm already sick and tired of myself ranting <laughs> into the microphone on Masti Rosti. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to you know, to, to connect with some other people and be able to hear some other interesting stories. Yeah. And you're good at 
talking and like you know interviewing people too i think i think that's where we're kind of similar um and i even i think i told you this before and i've I've had a lot of people tell me this too they're like you and rom like your podcast is like the english version of rom's podcast and rom's is the farsi version i'm like yeah because we're we're pretty alike i think and i think that's why we kind of were drawn to each other at first the thing that I really appreciate about your podcast or your, your your whole social you know media life as well is you know you speak the truth with a, a sense of humor that has some really interesting social comment. I don't know if it's like if that's a conscious decision on your part or not, but it's just who lot. I am to be honest. Yeah. You know? but but there's so much I think wisdom behind like the comedy that you do and the stuff that you talk about. It's it's really smart. It's really witty. Um, but at the same time, it's not like disrespectful or vulgar either. Um, so that's one thing I, I think it's really cool. It's, it's you're not doing things like for just shock value. It's just the way that yeah. you are. It's your your form of comedy, and it's and I think that's really nice. And it comes across as being genuine, and that's something that we we lack a lot of in in, a, in our you know community. Well, and that's um, where I get shit because, um, and again, I think you will agree on social media, everyone. I'm going to say everyone, but also especially in the Iranian community, I've found like recently, this is something that I've been grappling with in my mind a lot. And it really upsets me that I feel like the faker you are on social media, the more loved you are and the more love you get and the more accepted you are. And then the realer you are and the more raw you are and the more you're just unfiltered and unmasked the more hate and shit you get because you're not pretending to be this perfect persona and something i struggle with you know because there's a a part of me that obviously likes the attention and the adoration and and you know and all that jazz but at the same time um I, i i try to ground myself and not be affected by too much of the love or too much of the hate and I always try to take a diplomatic approach to most things. And sometimes it's really hard. And I think to myself, why why should I be like really nice to this person who is a complete idiot? Oh, my God. Know? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's really difficult at times because I want to put more positivity out there. I want to put more love out there. I don't want I, w- I don't want to. You know, so how can I you know talk about something without being this whiny, you know, little bitch and just who's 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 being negative all the time? Oh, you know, it's just. I don't want to, fa- to 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 fall into that sort of filter where I'm just constantly complaining and nagging like like the old man on the you know, get off my lawn yeah. you know, type type <laughs> of person. Um, so it's it, but at the same time I think it's important to evaluate like where our society is going. It's it's important to sort of see what what things are affecting and, and grabbing the attention of our youth. Um, you know, uh, someone you know shared this video with me the other day of of of, of <laughs> of um this tiktok house oh and my god have you I've seen always, these i've always talked about tiktok and i think it's really brilliant there's, there's a lot of really innovative creative kids on there who do amazing stuff but yeah. you know the gist of it is like this get popular get rich fast type of scheme i just want to i'll do anything to viral i'll suck your dick oh, to get viral you know it's just <laughs> it's the get yeah. viral quick sort of mentality of this new generation like i have like my my nephews and stuff like barely 10 and like oh please subscribe to our channel and share it on your page and make us go viral and i'm like dude like why are you even thinking yeah, about these things care? at this age go outside oh go you know it's like yeah it's, it's just um 
uh, and I know the times are changing, obviously, in the way that people, you know, um, uh, are, are finding ways to find meaning in their own lives. But at the same time, I think it's good to point out where, where something, you know, the absurdity of certain things. And, and the video that my friend had shared with me was showing the, the, the TikTok house, but it's like someone else like showing it from outside and what they look right. like when they're trying to do their moves. Oh. Know, <laughs> Influencers it's just in the wild. so absurd. You know, the people who, who, who are in these places and they're getting paid all this money to make come up with these dance moves or whatever. And, and that's fine, you know, to, to, to enjoy it on, 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 a, on a sort of... Uh, very uh, simple level, but I think it just takes away a lot from what people can actually uh, focus their attention to. Like, I hate the way that the word um, brave, oh, you're so brave, you're so courageous, or you're you're so inspiring. Like, these words get thrown, like, you're, you're such a genius. And like yeah. these words, the way they get thrown around to, in today's world, it, as if they've lost all weight and all meaning. Um, yeah exactly because you know everyone is not a fucking genius everyone is not inspirational and brave it's just because oh i you know i i'm I'm some i'm just perplexed honestly by by what people the value that we give to certain people um in terms of what we consider to be you know inspirational or powerful like even um when you, when you look at uh people who who fight for like human rights or or women movements and such um, it's like always the ones who are the loudest are getting the most attention, not necessarily, not necessarily the ones who are the most intellectual or active. And I'm yeah. not saying that's a bad thing. Sometimes it's good for even like the, the, when people bring attention, like the very popular, like these popular, um, uh, you know, users, they bring attention to these important causes is a great thing for sure. But there are people who like their whole lives have been dedicated behind the scenes who, who do real legitimate work to help the cause of, of people who are suffering or, you know, um, who have been marginalized. Yeah. And, and they never uh, get but, the but credit. They, they never get the credit. They Nobody never. ever hears about them and, or, or about their stories. And so it's, it's just like trying to find this balance. And, and instead of just this game of, of, of worshiping, you know, money and fame and attention, it's, it's, and it's hard. I'm, you know, we all get sucked up into it at times, and it's not that black and white. It's just, but like some of us, I think we, it's it's good for us to sort of push the boundaries and push people's buttons and get them to maybe slightly look at things in a different context that, that could potentially help them down the line. So um, they're not so dependent upon, you know, some full-on, you know, celebrity to tell them how to think and feel. Exactly. And then they, think, and they can independently make up their own decisions. I think I'm I'm kind of omidvar to, like, the next generation because, for one, they have, like, a whole world of information at their fingertips. Kids are now growing up with, you know, iPads and, and everything. Um, so I think, I think the next generation is going to be better than us in some aspects, but then in some things, I'm like, okay, you guys are a little bit too much. Like this whole like cancel culture or just the fact that they're a little bit too hassos about everything. Do you find that? Yeah, you know, and, and that's like the pendulum swinging. You know, we go from one extreme to the other and it takes time for, you know, I, I just think that technology is evolving at a rate where it's our uh, the, the the social sort of cultures aren't catching up uh, at the same time with the technological innovation so but when the when when our culture and our social norms are are trying to adapt 
to to the technological innovations um, that they're lagging. They're you know they're behind a bit. So that's why, for example, you see Clubhouse all of a sudden like Iranians since the revolution. It's a very close Orwellian society. People are living these double lives. You know, yeah. and and all of a sudden. On Clubhouse, it's like a jungle out there in the Iranian community. I don't even engage. Like I rarely go and hang out in the Iranian scene on Clubhouse yeah. anymore because it's just pure madness. It's like for me, it's like it's like a waste of time. I'd much rather go somewhere and learn something or laugh my ass off or whatever. It's just I mean, one big echo chamber, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And but you know, we we do go to these like Persian you know channels to to laugh at them, but for the wrong reasons. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like because <laughs> they're like a train wreck that you can't just turn your head away from, and that's and they capitalize on that. They know like the human psyche can't help but come to these rooms. Like I get daughter sexy, I see between or talk, let me do not fall on. You know, or <laughs> yeah, it's just like or you know the poli- the political ones. I haven't like I haven't even engaged in any of those at all. It's just the political ones this. get heated, man. People start ye- like yelling and screaming at each other. It's insane. Well, well that's what happens to a sort of not, uh, dysfunctional society where for many generations we just kept you know pushing all of our problems under the rug, pretending they're not happening, and then it creates these extremes. All of a sudden, these people are thrown into this digital sort of gladiator arena in front of one another from different walks and classes of, of society. People who have never like confronted each other or have been face to face with each other. And all of a sudden, they're just throwing everything, you know, their, their, their ideas and philosophies at one another without any proper context. And it just creates this shit storm yeah. that we're in right now. So, it's a lot of like I- ego, too, because there's a lot of people who maybe their entire lives they haven't had an outlet to speak in front of, you know, a whole group of people. And then all of a sudden, you know, they have the stage and they get to speak. And like, you know, let's say 300 people are listening to them and it's the first time that's happened. So, yeah, you know what I mean? They're like, holy shit, like people are yeah, listening got- to me. Like- <laughs> and I have the microphone. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to talk about everything. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, <laughs> like stick to the fucking topic, please. <laughs> No, but it's funny because Clubhouse, it caught fire really quickly, but then I feel like it died really quickly, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think it has the same sort of pizzazz that it did in the beginning. And and, in the beginning, it was really fun and cool, but it just really um, sort of uh, went down the shit really quick, I think. And um, it's uh, it's. And that's why I'm always looking for people who, uh, you know, whatever, you know, artists, thinkers, innovators, creatives who are sort of thinking outside of the box, people who are doing something that has like a fresh perspective and, and or a unique perspective that, that, that will add something to my life. Yeah. Um, like, like you said, a lot of these places are like echo chambers and they're not really adding, adding anything of value to me. And no. the older that I get and the more closer I get to my death, I, I want to make sure that I really, you know, enjoy my time. And, and, and instead of putting myself yes. purposely in these positions and situations where um, I'm just going to get more frustrated and angry about things that are essentially outside of my control. Um, it's always good to be informed and good to participate in in, 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 in in social and political activities. But after a while, it's like, for example, how many people do you think like change their position just according to a, like a clubhouse talk? Oh and God, I, I'm, so I'm many, sure that, you know. You know, but but no, but what I'm saying is like people we have like this built-in sort of system of thought that you know it's like how many team Kishikana? Like everybody knows what their team is, and they're just going in there. Like I don't think 
like the the pro vote or the anti vote is going to convince the other. It's like, but I feel know, like there's a lot of people who are very malleable, like it, mentally, and they hear something in Clubhouse by some fucking random ass doctor of whatever, and they believe it. That's what's dangerous. True, true. That's yeah. yeah that's definitely. Um, I guess I was thinking more in the political terms, but yeah, and in, in that sense of like. Yeah, just hearing random advice. And one of my friends who's a psychologist, she's like, dude, there's so many of these um, like faux psychologists on Clubhouse giving like the Got shittiest it. advice to people who are who, who are in like real need of help. And it, and what they're offering or saying is not helping them at all. It's just for their own, you know, attention and ego or whatever. And it's scary. It's sort of like, you know, something that um has become popular in the psychedelic world and this everyone's a fucking shaman now oh my <laughs> god I mean? yes they, they, someone does like <laughs> one trip of mushrooms like not even like ayahuasca or iboga and then now they're a shaman and, uh. and they're telling everyone how to live their lives <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> it's terrible so it's so embarrassing it's just uh, i don't know why we take ourselves so seriously it's um it's really annoying and when you i think when you get to a certain point where you can see through the bullshit it's just so hard for you to just like, you know, to try to be polite and pretend to smile and not say anything. That's what like, I was literally saying with one of my <laughs> friends the other day. I was like, after you, let's say, have experience with psychedelics and you kind of open up your mind more and you start, quote, realizing things um, and being more aware of everything, normal life and normal interactions and people just are so much harder to deal with because, and I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I'm like on a higher level now. That's not what I'm saying at all, but I just a different perspective of thinking and to see how you used to think before, um, you know, doing these things or how people think now and the way they act now, it really, at least for me, I've had a really hard time because I'm like, damn, I can't believe I used to be so blind i guess and it just it pisses me off because i'm like i just feel like i'm on a on a different level than a lot of people and that's very true i think the the the, the positive effects of whether it's psychedelics or meditation or or any form of introspection where you where you take a step back and you reflect on yourself and your life and the decisions that have led you to the point that you are you know, it helps you find a, 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 new, a, a newfound perspective that can, you know, if, you, if you're, if I think if you're um, able to, to, to step away from it all and, and come to those realizations, it will help with your growth and your personal growth. But even like my brother who's in like, you know, heavily into the psychedelic worlds and, you know, he's, 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 he's trained to be like a, a, a therapist, a psychedelic therapist. He, even he's like really disappointed by a lot of what he sees, how, like the corporate world is coming and in, in investing really big into that world and taking it over as they like are all, like all good things. Yeah, it's it's really scary. But why are know, they the, investing in it? That's weird because I would think that like the corporate world would want nothing to do with something that kind of expands your mind. Do you know how much a session like an MDMA therapy session costs or a ketamine session? They're like anywhere between like a thousand to like three thousand dollars or something. Like it's really expensive. Shit. It's like yeah, and it's like there's a lot of money to be <laughs> made. <laughs> yeah, come over to my place. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you guys. I'm just kidding. No, but that's the truth. You know, unfortunately, like all good things, you know, a lot of th you know when 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 big finance gets a sniff of it, they they come in, they swoop in, and they 
they dangle the dollars in front of you know all these people and it's 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 the same with like you know the nft world and the art you know and it's just like such a it's it's such a it's become such a crazy world with with all these things where you know uh, a part of it is obviously a quick money grab and just this really stupid um playground for rich people to just get a bunch of youngins to 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 run around them like you know to, like missing magasoido or shirini you know yeah, just yeah, to, yeah. and it's like the worshiping of money when when i see it to the extent that i see it especially within the nft world it's so disturbing yeah it's it's so it's so embarrassing i mean i i do some nft stuff and it, whatever if it sells cool if it doesn't like and i i only post it like once on my instagram or twitter or something and even then i'm embarrassed i'm like oh this is so embarrassing like why am i but it's just like art that you know kids who who've inspired by my work they make and i just put it out there and i share whatever i make with them and some of it we give away to funds and and you know uh, donate it to whatever organization. Um, it's not something that I look as like a a, a, a a real consistent income. I do have of some course. cool, like innovative ideas for it in the future of a way to interact with my own audience and fan. But I don't look at it as as as, as my source of income or the main way to make money or anything. But just honestly, being sorry, I literally still. Um, I still don't understand NFTs. Like, I get it because, like, Mozart is like literally knee deep in this whole NFT business thing. But like me, I don't know if it's because I'm just too old school or what. But like, I don't get the point, and I don't, I don't see. Just like, don't look at it. So right now, it's really popular more in the in terms of like the art world so as if and now everybody's yeah. a curator whoever you know some people who, who who made some money and some of them are you know whatever you know they had money and um and in the crypto world are are creating this sort of new virtual space where where art is being redefined in the sense where um and, and at the end of the day you know they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder and how how you know it's 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 a completely different um that's why you see like People like uh, companies like Sotheby's and all these big auction houses are now getting Ada. into the game as well. Um, so there's there's that one point of it where it's like a, a you know a rich person's playground just to 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 compete with other rich people and, and make a name for themselves. But the bigger thing is that there is a really interesting, beautiful community behind that world and the ideas behind it. I mean, I don't know much about. I'm not very well informed on the technical side as much, mm -hmm. but just to give an idea of like the potential of what NFTs could be like in terms of the smart contracts they offer and how they can help people grow. It's like this is what, like what I'm going to be doing in the future is I'm going to like put up like a, a token or an artwork or just an NFT piece as uh, let's say it's a limited one one piece edition where mm -hmm. this is going to be Masalano, just like it's going to be ten thousand dollars yeah only and i'll only sell one a year or something and you can be a guest on the masiorasi podcast oh, now okay so it's not it doesn't it does, it's not even related to the artwork anymore it's, it's about selling an idea or uh, an offer to, right. to to actually do something um uh, that that is like tangible in the real world it's not just based on some code and a digital artwork. Yeah. So and then the cool thing about that for, for like NFT is like someone buys that for ten thousand dollars and they can hang on to it. And you know what? They can sell it to someone else for 20 grand if they wanted to. Right. So that's like so these are the kind of ways that you can play. Or I'm going to put like music up. Um, like how cool would it be? Um, I'm even going to like put podcasts up on NFTs in the future. You know, there's it's, it's just really interesting for some people. Like, let's say like one of your favorite artists 
Um, like even like you know you you know I saw you know I, I know that she really loves Sev Deliza and she's fucking yeah. amazing. She's just just like really love her. But, she was but, on uh, Chan Chanbe with Sina like a a week or two ago, and it was so bad. And I really <laughs> want her on my podcast because I I need to redeem that whole uh yeah that whole thing because it was it was terrible. Yeah. I think it's just because the context of of the world that she's in is very different to to the Persian world. Oh, it's, it's just like a diff, different world. Sometimes it's hard translating that into to you know if if you don't understand the Iranian scene, it's a completely different game. Yeah. Um. But like even she has like a like a, a whole big piece like an NFT. That I think it's like going off for like fifty thousand dollars. Like it's Damn. like a complete package that you can get like artwork from her. You can have like on, you can go behind the scenes with her or like backstage access. These are the kind of things that you can package into an NFT. You know what I mean? So it's not just Arre, about Arre. like one digital artwork and an album cover or a three D. I mean, it's the 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 possibilities are endless, and I really truly do think that the future will predominantly be based. One of the greatest things about it is that. Um, a lot of like the artists can just completely get rid of the middleman, and so you don't you won't right. require like managers, agents, this and that. Um, and you you, you and, and once you the people will find a way to to make these contracts much tighter and smarter, um, then the artists can have more control over their own artwork and how they want to sort of disseminate it within you know their their audience and their fan base. So there's a lot of cool stuff about it, but right now, yeah, mostly it's just. Um, I feel like it's like you know, it's like a, it's 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 just rich people showing off to one another. And, but there's um, another part of it too. Like, have you heard of these collections, like Board Ape Yacht Club and Super Yeti? Have you heard of those? Yeah, yeah. Okay, definitely. so you see those, I like don't understand because I'm like, okay, so you guys all bought these monkeys, kind of like collectibles, but who hyped it up? I feel like this is like I feel like. Things get hip and um, people like really want to buy them because people hype them up. I don't know who is doing it, but like whatever is given importance, that becomes like the new it thing. And then another one comes out and then another one comes out or like what was what is it? Crypto punks or whatever. And it's like, well, right. what's some of them are selling for like millions of dollars. And I'm like, but Why? Like well, it's it the just... same reason why a lot of other artwork sells, you know, for millions of dollars. But these ones are the same thing. It's it's mostly, you know, I may be wrong and please correct me. I, I may be completely off on this, but I think a lot of it is, I mean, some of it is, you know, very technical kids who are in the know-how in this metaverse, very knowledgeable. But I think a lot of the, the hype stuff comes from, you know, more like well-off yuppie type kids who just hype something up between themselves. and yeah. It's kind of shirkat herami, like pyramid schemey to me, because it's like, oh, you don't own an ape. Oh, like you're not part of the club. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Anything, like anything, whenever, whenever people, you know, and this is from the days I lived in New York, something that always really stuck with me where there was there was these bubbles of quote unquote cool kids um, that, you know, that in, in their own minds, in their own little bubbles, they thought they were the coolest shit on the planet. And there were so many of these bubbles in New York. And in L.A. and, you know, big cities everywhere. And something that really annoyed me um, was always about, you know, you go st you go somewhere and if they say something that you're not familiar with, you're automatically not hip enough or cool enough to be considered like a part of that group. <laughs> and, and that kind of like condescending behavior is something that pisses me off. Yeah. Because, you know, it's 
you know, it's like your your the, the lack of respect that we have like for each other when you consider someone a subhuman because they don't know some obscure like shitty folksy indie band from the yeah 60s. yeah <laughs> that doesn't prove anything you know and I think that's something that that always bothered me sort of in this in in, in this world. And honestly, I sometimes will get caught up in it too. You know, it's just, it's, and I will have to take a step back and you know, like, dude, like, don't, you know, um, you know, just like chill out, you know, and, and, uh, recalibrate the situation. So I think it's just a part of like, there's always been people who just consider themselves to be cooler than others. And they, they have like, you know, unfortunately we live in a capitalistic society, you know, and, the way that people worship money and the ones who have, you know, um, are able, you know, much easier. Even if you look out through through history, um, a lot, most places, you know, high, you know, art the way it was sort of um, brought to, 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 to society it was through, through high art, you know, in high societies. And then it would trickle down. Yeah. And then, you know, some place along the way, I think it started changing and shifting from being, you know, um, this is one thing that sort of disappoints me about, like, sometimes, you know, the, the whole crypto world, because the idea that it started with was to, again, decentralized sort of network, giving power to the people, taking the power away from big finance. But then again, you know, big finance is getting involved heavily, yeah. so heavily into the crypto world and um Making it sort of, uh, sort of taking it away further from the the original idea of what. But that it was. happens with everything, though. The uh, for initial idea is always really pure, really community based, and then down the line things start getting a little bit like fucked. And this is something I've witnessed like firsthand. And by the way, in terms of like all the crypto stuff, I'm a fucking moron. So don't listen to me. You know, do your own research. And if I'm saying anything wrong, please correct me. And didn't you didn't you like have a whole bunch of Bitcoin when it like first? Oh yeah, don't remind me. Back in the day, I had like thirty, forty million dollars. Holy fuck, that's Um, crazy. You know what? At least, at least you're not the. I heard the uh, story of this guy who forgot his um crypto wallet's password and he has like 600 million in that wallet worth of bitcoin sure. but he doesn't know the password that's I mean, fucked in bad uh, there's a pretty good percentage not a good like i don't know like what the percentage is maybe like 10 percent, 20 percent of all bitcoin is just lost in the ether um it's that's just crazy out, yeah it, you know billions and billions of dollars um, but even like in terms of this idea of like things starting from a pure place I've been to like many hippie farms, you know, from nudist farms to cannabis farms to, you know, psychedelic farms. And I've in these in these um, small communitarian communities where, you know, people try to uh, come together as a tribe and 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 make a make make a better living for themselves. And to be honest, most of them are just such a beautiful experience. But 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 in, in reality, a lot of them, even though they start with these idealistic sort of dreams of 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 unity and bliss and peaceful camaraderie a lot of them they they just uh, disintegrate into madness because really you know because like you know at the end of the day the, the the power struggle between people and and ideas it just comes into so i whenever i go to a farm i always my first fear is like oh this place is so beautiful i hope it doesn't fall apart and that's obviously a part of me projecting my own insecurities because i don't like I want I want this to succeed because I mm-hmm. want to have that one day and I and I want so bad to see other people succeed at this and there are many like successful communities you know but but even when you when you see how hard it is 
like you've yeah. had like a, a community on discord you've had a community on your around your podcast your social media in your clubhouse and same with me and it's so hard like it's, it it's maybe easy to manage 20 people 50 people but the, the bigger the number becomes it becomes so difficult yeah and then you have to delegate to people and then the people you delegate to might not always you know make the same decisions that you would and it's just yeah it it gets crazy yeah so that's that's sort of where where my head and that's why back that's why it's i need like a healthy balance of you know people like my my crazy ass friend jason and who you know other friends who are just really wild and out there and to, to just sometimes just laugh it off get high just fucking laugh it off because honestly like humor is 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 a sign of of sanity of just being able to have a sense of humor and laugh at everything because if yeah. you think if you take everything too seriously you're just going to become so angry and jaded all the time that you won't be able to enjoy your life and you're always going to be in this constant rat race of just like trying to be bigger and better and more powerful and more rich. I want more than my neighbor. I want more than my friends. I want more than this. And then it turns into this resentment where you want to prove to the world that I'm capable. It's me against the world. You know, this whole mentality that we create, these stories that we tell ourselves, which that which essentially are all just stories. And this is one thing I've learned in, in, in you know, the the during my depressing sort of times in my life is that we 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 sort of attract because we keep telling ourselves that we're not worthy or our, everything is shitty those inner um, demons yeah and and we start believing these things about ourselves so we 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 attract that type of environment in a way where every we're looking forward for things to get fucked up we're almost waiting like that becomes the automatic that's way so true it's like self-sabotage yeah um and that's something that I've really worked on in myself in, in, in terms of expectations, in terms of just trying to be more present and uh, being able to enjoy myself and not take things too hard or too seriously. Speaking um, um, of your farm, remember, like you guys have been talking about doing that for a while. Is that still on your bucket list to do? I mean, it's it's definitely sort of evolving. And yeah, it's on my bucket list. Um, I just watched this movie, Nomadland, that I... Yeah, uh, I watched it too. I loved yeah. it. But yeah, I was watching it with movie. my Persian friends and they're all like, ah, 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 and I'm like, I would fucking <laughs> love that. Like, I'm sitting there like searching vans and like how to build one. And I'm like, this is so cool. And they're all like, ew. I'm like, shut up. You guys are fucking privileged you know, and that there's that line in the movie where that little girl asks you know um her aunt um are you homeless she's yeah. like no i'm houseless exactly you know, there's, a, there's a big distinction between that and you know and especially in our types of lives being multicultural immigrants traveling from one place to another and trying to find our identity in a place where we don't know where to call home like i've always said this on my podcast i have no idea where home is for me home is just like another you know, a ticket to another bus ride somewhere. That's it's just, true because you were you were born in Iran, right? And yeah. then you went to Vancouver, or no, no, I was like two. I went to the states, grew up in Oregon, came back to Iran. It was like 10, 11, 16, I went to Vancouver, then back and forth, and New York, and that's crazy. L.A., yeah, so all over the place. But do you not appreciate the fact that you really are like? two cultures in one i i sometimes i think about it and i'm like oh my god i wish um because you know like i've never been to iran and sometimes i think like oh i wish i could have seen iran with you know my own eyes and live there but then at the same time i'm like i'm kind of glad i didn't and i'm kind of glad that i grew up in this kind of weird 
purgatory in between because I feel like us kids who are in betweeners, we get the best of both worlds. And like we're a little bit more well rounded socially and maybe in um, every other way. I don't know. You know, yes and no. I think because I, you know, there's there's definitely a great. A great thing and that's why i love like you know mixed people i think my, my favorite you know yeah. people to date are like mixed people just like brings such a variety of taste and culture and identity to the to, to the whole game um but you know I, i've seen you know you, it, i wish it was that simple but i've seen many iranians who, who have lived here for for generations and they can still barely speak, uh, you know, a coherent sentence in English. Nah, Uno, they oh. don't count. Uno, because they just, they're idiots. <laughs> I, I literally don't understand. I'm sorry, but I'm going to go off on a little rant here. I don't understand Iranians who do that. Like, you moved to Canada. At le- I'm not saying assimilate fully and, like, leave your culture behind. But assimilate to the point where, like, you at least understand hala Canadian, American, European culture. And you're part of that like community you know what i mean like don't only hang out with irani people and only shop at irani stores and only you know and then to your point not know a sentence of english like i don't get it i i, I can never <laughs> yeah something i was complaining about you know recently on my podcast was just how sometimes you know i have iranian acquaintances or friends or some of them some of the people i don't even know they're sitting somewhere. Like if there's someone in the group that I'm sitting and talking around and they, they don't speak Persian, I, I'll never start speaking in Persian. Of course, I'm going to stay in English. It's, it's, exactly. it's a very obvious thing to do. It's like it's the just least rude. Thing. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so funny that so many people don't even know this simple thing. Oh, my like, God. It just yes. boggles my mind. So <laughs> many of the people around me, they, they continue. And I have to just like. I'm like, be, okay, I'm like, don't, you know, be people like Ron. And I try to tell them in a nice, I'm like, you guys, you know, there's people here who don't speak Persian. So maybe let's try to speak, switch the conversation to English, you know. Exactly. And like, nah, Bobo, Chico, Shundori, Velcomo. Jesus Christ, you know, that's we have a long like, ways to go. <laughs> well, that's like the typical Persian uh, response to anything. Nah, Bobo, Vichyal, Velishkon. Okay, it's like... I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. I really. But no, it's just. I think you know, in terms of the, the the multicultural identity, I think it brings a lot of beautiful things to the table. It's really great, and the, the world, whether we like it or not, it's just you know becoming that sort of way because of the internet and p- different cultures and people are connecting, um, and 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 growing up with the internet, kids nowadays. They, and it, it's so interesting. Like people who listened to my podcast, um. Now some of the kids who listen to it with my parents and so my podcast can get pretty vulgar at times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's really embarrassing. I'm like, why do you listen to this with your parents? <laughs> that's actually like, no. cool though. If your parents are willing yeah. to listen to Masti Rossi with Rom, that's you have cool <laughs> parents, honestly. Because I'm gonna think like a good big percentage of them listen to it secretly, you know? Because Persian parents a little bit Yeah. No, but it's cool because they're like, yeah, my mom and I were very different, but we, we were able to like start having some conversations with each other because of your podcast. That's so that's, amazing. that's the kind of stuff that I think is really cool to, to like, you know, sort of help, you know, I think whatever we can do in terms of help helping move and push, um, you know, our local and global culture, culture yeah. towards a place of, because something I, I, I'm an advocate of is just more communication, more yes. discourse, you know, uh, it's something that. 
like my unpopular opinion in, in, in terms of like Iranian politics is that the only day and it's a very idealistic dream is that the only way they will ever have like a, a functional, happy society is where all walks of life is represented, like even the ones that we disagree with and everyone, you know, so, so exactly. they, they come to the table and everyone can 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 their voices can be heard and represented. And there's a fair and democratic vote. Hold up. By the time we want to reach there, maybe it might not be me and yours time, but that's that's what I believe. In. Instead of like this us and them sort of narrative where it's like you're either with us or against us or it's this, to, you know, no to this, yes to that. Um, I think it's because like I don't is it Iranians or is it everyone? But I, I see it a lot being prevalent a lot in Iranian culture where it's like if I don't agree with you, then you are completely wrong. You know, and then, but then the way I see it is like, okay, me and you, Hata, right? We could disagree sure. on an issue, but right. that doesn't mean make me hate you. That doesn't make me, you know, see you as any lower or anything. I'm just like, okay, you know, you think your way, I think my way. And um, I always say this, I'm like, Kashangiz and that we have different viewpoints, that we have different opinions. And I feel like our culture doesn't get that concept and i and i wonder do you think it's because people who grow up in iran um from the government they're always like this is the way of thinking this is it and and they're kind of used to like my way or the highway kind of thing do, do you think that's why it is i think you also touched on another important point like maybe it's not just iranian because like you look at the you know democrats and republicans it's sort of the same concept it's yeah like, true just true think, st- stick to a team and blindly follow everything without questioning anything. But yeah, I think in, in terms of like, with, but like Iran, Iran agree to disagree on name. That's what I'm trying to say. I think, yeah, you're right. That, that idea, like even like me, Jason, Aydin and money, like my best friends, like we have like this WhatsApp group. We're always like, fighting and arguing and and that's you know, when you know you have good friends when you're always yeah. bassing with each other, but you're still yeah. like, there's still love. Yeah. And I like, I don't get, you know, um, you know, offended uh, or, or hurt because I know like sometimes money is like a master troller. Like he really knows how to get under your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but I know it's like him, just like his sense of humor. It's his way of trying to like, you know, provoke a conversation and, and exactly. to get people riled up and, and to get into it. I mean, some, you know, some people may, may view that, you know, extreme or, or, or not be able to tolerate it. But, you know, you, you have the choice to either to, to engage in it or not. You don't you like, um, like go like go crazy or get upset over it. And and like I said, like you said, it's just you know agreeing to disagree is such yeah. a difficult thing um, for 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 not just you know our culture but everyone. And yeah. I think that's something I really really try to focus on and try to have a variety of guests, so people that I necessarily may not even agree with on a lot of a number of things. Oh my but, god, yeah! Like on my on the podcast, um, I've I'm going to be having a gay Iranian porn star. And I was telling my friends about it. And it was just so eye-opening for me to see their reactions. Some of them were like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, here's some questions I have for you. And like, so into it. And then some of them were like, well, why would you want to interview him? What does he have to say? I'm like, all the things? Like, what does he not have to say? Like, that's such an interesting you know, profession to even begin with. Like, there's so many questions. Why would I not want to talk to someone like that just because of his line of work? I don't know. People people just, yeah, they just have prejudice over things that, over the unknown, I guess. And they don't want to even dive into it and, and see what someone who, maybe they don't agree with their lifestyle, but 
what does that person have to say? That person might be really smart and educated and they just like being a porn star, you know? Like, and they why might, not? And they might be a complete moron. Or they might be a moron. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you, know, you, and, you and need and to talk to people fine, to understand you know? to who they are and what kind of people are out there. That's why I like talking, and I think you can probably agree, I like meeting new people and I lo- like talking to different people because the more people you talk to the more you realize what kind of people are out there and how people are different and you it's like learning about humanity pretty much absolutely i think that's that's a that's a big thing for me too it's like you know obviously like even some of the guests that i've had not people that i would hang out with or be buddy buddy with but i'm just interested in their story am i one of those people (laughs) (laughs) and 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 uh, and again i'm not gonna even lie like some people i just do it because i know like um this person uh you know it's 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 like a make or break type story they're like a big time i try to keep my most of my guests to be what i what really personally interests me is is just people with fascinating stories people exactly. who have really fascinating stories i don't care if they're a celebrity or if they're a nobody you know but sometimes exactly. you know that having celebrities is interesting because you get a whole wide area of like a different um part of society that's not in my own little echo, cham- echo mm-hmm. chamber of people that i connect with all the time ara, ara. so all of a sudden having a guest you know like having rehona parsa on my show was one of the most probably controversial you know people that i had on my show Mm-hmm. And the amount of hate that I got and the people I gave to her. And I'm just like, listen, she's like a young kid who's been through a lot for her age. And obviously, she's a product of this really dysfunctional, fucked up society. Of course. And not to take like if, you know, it, it, it's people are condemning her for things that aren't like even her own fault. And it's just trying to see the humanity in people. And I'm not trying to, like, defend her or put her on a pedestal. No, it's just, tell, like... I, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know anything about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still don't. Even after talking to her, I know very, very little <laughs> yeah. about her. That's so and true. all I know is just, like, she's, like, another, you know, human being who, who has her own issues like everyone else. But I was just interested in terms of, you know, seeing also how... The audience that follows her, that big, you know, crowd of, of of a swath of society that knows nothing about me and my life, like how would they interact or react to what mm-hmm. I have to say? Mm-hmm. To exactly. And exactly. Because obviously as as storytellers, we want we want as many people as possible to hear our stories. I mean, it's part of what we're doing. It's I'm, I'm again it goes back to like those old New York hip cool days where like, oh, I only make music for these thirteen people and that's it. <laughs> and, you know, that mentality where it's just, no, you're fucking lying. You you wish you could have like a million followers and people who would like, you know, exactly. like, like love and adore your work. But you try to put it into context again as if, the, you know, you're 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 much higher or cooler than everyone else. And um, I really try to take that out. Like I have, I have I have so many guests lined up and and from like the next 20 guests that I have lined up, maybe like two of them are like celebrities. Like the rest of them are regular people or people who have diseases or engineers or scientists. Or, and we're going to talk about things that I'm really curious about and I want to learn about. Exactly. Uh, and we get I'm, to live vicariously through you, which I guess is kind of what I try to do on this podcast too. Just asking questions that I want to know, obviously. And then my listeners would probably want to know too and just uncovering that and giving people that knowledge that they might not get by themselves i think uh me and you and our podcasts initiate a lot of change especially in the way people think and the way people i mean maybe some of their prejudices too 
lesson um, when they listen to, you know, when we talk to different people from different walks of life. I mean, that's at least what I hope. Uh, Me and you happens. one day should start our own podcast and just be like, <laughs> bring bring up some like really crazy guests and ask we them most, like outrageous questions. Dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, I have so many outrageous questions for that porn star. I, Asan, it's going to be... <laughs> rated r r r r r r like i did a um i did two episodes oh go ahead okay i did two episodes about sex and even that people were like holy shit like i can't believe you talked about how to eat pussy and suck dick and i was like well why not like i feel like our um our community is so not sex positive and we need to fix that and change that because you know you know what i mean like bro and i think another problem with that is because some people um uh you know who who have sort of hijacked the conversations around these subjects um are, are presenting them in this way where it's um it's it's hard to relate to on a very personal level it's in this very sort of um, um, this very clean cut um, sort of uh, approach where it's it's sort of d- disconnected from the reality that you're in. I think the sort of language that you use or the way that you talk about these things is much relatable, you know, than someone who's trying over the top to talk about something uh, regarded to, to, to sex because it's not an easy conversation to have in our culture. But like in, in English, like in, in America, there's like a ton of podcasts that are about sex and millions eating. <laughs> pussy and orgasms and yeah. you know um this and that so it's 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 and it's completely normal and no, nobody bats an eye and the people who call in and talk on these shows like they talk about the wildest and craziest things and like nobody bats an eye it's just completely exactly. normalized exactly yeah i know but, like, i was gonna say this a funny thing is when you were on my show you know at the end and <laughs> we talked about that thing where i was peeing in the shower oh, yeah <laughs> and you're like you, you, the golden shower comment that you made has like stuck with so many people Are like, <laughs> and it's like so embarrassing because <laughs> I go somewhere like, oh, Rom's like into golden showers. I'm like, no, I'm fucking not. I was just talking about how it's okay to pee in the shower. Shashi <laughs> dirush. And then, and then, so people, you know, they take something and they run with it. Yeah. And it's just funny how it like turns into like this whole new thing. And it's sometimes like people come up to me and like, yeah, man. So you're into golden showers? I'm like, oh, no. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, damn you, sad. <laughs> dude that was pretty funny yo after our podcast it was so funny i was reading some of the comments and it's one of them really like made me laugh this one guy was so triggered he was like i'm like bro sorry i'm invested in my culture like fucking relax like they're so used to hearing all these like la persian types where they're like oh kebab and do and i'm like not that so i think he was like really triggered and thought i was lying and i was like yeah, you, you need some milk. And it's sort of like the, the the Persians who are, you know, there's there's this elite group of Persians who really like view Iranian society as like some this ancient um, intellectual, culturally rich, Ade. super society. And yes, a, a part of our culture is beautiful and rich and an abundance of you know, amazing things. But like, you know, there are like literally thousands of people dying in the streets and like, 
oh my god look at this dude and Ashreshte yeah, we have literally. such a beautiful culture I'm like um hello <laughs> you know well they only they're I call them surface level Persians because they don't they only know like the tip of the iceberg stuff you know farvahars and dughs and kebab and shit like that and they just take it and run with it they never really deep dive into anything more and then when you whenever like i you know i sometimes cuz you know i and i think me like with the history that i've had and the, the the traumas that i've been through being able like i have like if if anyone has a right to talk about the certain negative things about this government i should be able to express 100%. my ideas freely and people were sometimes like Ram, you know, you you just talk so negatively of our culture and our society. I'm like, um, do you not know what happened to my dad? Do you not know yeah. what happened to my family, to my mom? Like, bitch, I have every right. I'm not even like a spiteful, vengeful person. No, you're not. I'm 24/7 like shitting on this and that. Um, and and I and I really try to take a very like I said diplomatic approach to the whole idea of of how to bring about positive change in our society and our culture. And you know it's 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 really difficult. It's like it's, but you can't give in. Miguel, the, yeah. the, it's something I have to keep reminding myself is, um, the only way I will win, whether it's against the people who committed those crimes against my family or all the trolls or all the people who bring the negativity in my life, is the the best revenge is just to live a good fucking life. Yes, it sounds simple and stupid and cheesy, like a, a like you'll see in a billboard in Hollywood or whatever, but. It's 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 really it really does come down to that. And um, if I'm in a good place, if I'm living a happy, fulfilling life, um, really nothing can get to me. Nothing can bother me. Exactly. It's when I start to give in and paying attention to all that noise, it's like I get caught up in it. And, and, and you know, and, and that's where I think, you know, your ego seeps in and I become hyper competitive and angry and jealous and. And I start comparing myself to like the most random people and celebrities yeah. and stuff. It's the matrix like, of social media. Yeah. yeah. And I get so embarrassed because it's like this negative feedback loop. And then I get embarrassed on myself. I'm like, dude, you're so above this. Why are you even doing this? Why are you even, you know, comparing yourself to these people? Why are you even after this money? Or you don't even need fucking money. Like you're, you're, you have a good life. You're very privileged. Everything is fucking great. Like, just just stick to what you want, you know, work harder every day, stay, you know, just keep getting wiser and wiser, add more knowledge to your to yourself and just stay on the path. That's all I have to fucking do is stay on the path and things will work out. And sometimes, you know, it's just hard to do that simple thing. Are you in therapy? Um, I do have a therapist I talk to now um, uh, once a week. Um, okay. Um, it was a little, uh, you know, I had some more, you know, I had a couple other uh, people that who were helping out and 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 with with my therapy, and mm-hmm. it's it's really useful, you know. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Whenever you need it, and whenever you don't need it, that's fine too. You have to, I think, where where we we understand our 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 body, our emotions better than anyone else. But I think the 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 fear associated to asking for help is. And this is, this is this is universal applies to everyone. You know, there's a lot of shame, fear and um, sort of it, 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 we're, we're afraid of being looked down upon by society. If we talk about, you know, mental health or especially in our culture, though, Ram, like yeah. I remember growing up, like telling one family member, I was like, I'm depressed. And they turned to me and I'm like, oh, OK, Rob. Like, I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like, I'm depressed. I need help. Like, I think in our culture and maybe our generation, 
um, millennials and, and, you know, anything older than that. What's, what's before millennials? Uh, anyways, irrelevant. Um, you know, our, our generation boomers, boomers yes. Millennials and, and boomers. We never, mental health wasn't even a thing. Like it wasn't even going to a therapist or something that was like, oh, you know what I mean? Um, that's why I'm so hopeful towards the next generation. They're going to actually they talk about this stuff, but like we never had it even yeah. still. Like I tell my mom, I'm like, oh, I'm going to therapy and it's like, you know, this much every session. And she's like, I'm like, mom, that's not the point. You said something on my podcast that was so powerful. It really stuck with me, and I and I and I use that line a lot. Where you said that we're not responsible for the scars, you know, on our, you know, yeah. body, metaphorically speaking, um, or spiritually speaking, but we are responsible for you know healing them and yes. making them better. I, I'm trying to translate it from Farsi mm-hmm, the way, mm-hmm. the, the, and, and I think that's just such a beautiful thought of how, um, you know. Uh, you know, we we all carry scars with us. Everybody does. You know, from yeah. from and 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 sometimes we we allow situations or people or events um, to to reopen those scars and 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 the bleeding starts again. And obviously, we you know, it, it, it and, and things turn to shit. But you know, maintaining and, and taking care of our health that's that's you know our responsibility. And it's it's it starts with our ourselves wanting to get better like exactly. one one thing with me and my addictions all the problems i had was like there was always this dark part of myself that secretly always like had a back door where i didn't like always like find a way to get back into drugs or gambling or whatever and w- one thing that was a big shift for me was realizing that um i really want to get better i don't want to yeah. be uh, uh i don't want to be a slave to to these temptations to these impulses i really want to make an effort to be better and and you have to take that step no one else can take that step for you yeah you have to want to do it for sure and it's really hard because i have friends who are like hardcore drug addicts and it's you know i've tried you know the nice guy the mean guy the in-between guy i've tried everything you know to sort of have but it's just it just feels so it's such a losing battle sometimes it's because if that person doesn't want to get better yeah. you have to just sometimes give them space for them to come to that realization sometimes they never do yeah and it's tough especially when you see someone that you really care about going down a dark path and um you're you're really at a loss for you know words and actions and and how to to help but you know it's just i think it, it all comes down to just having a really good group and core of friends and I remember when I came to Toronto and we hung out, I loved your friends and I loved, you know, it, even though like we, we got to hang out a couple of times, so it was just, yeah. that's my type of thing. You know, just having a good little group of people just chill. that you really care about. Small and gatherings about and chill. Yeah. yeah. That's Should I podcast on dark show? I feel like we, we got really heavy. I thought maybe <laughs> we were going to like be talking about Koso Shed and having a lot of You know, of okay, fun. okay. Here's, here's a question. Here's a question since you brought up uh, when you came here. What was your first impression of me? And I'll tell you my first impression of you. Um, I, I honestly thought that, you know, we, we, we'd get along. I didn't think that, um, uh, you know, I, 
you know, sometimes it's weird because like I'm older than a lot of you guys. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I still act like a fucking teenager, I guess. Or people are sometimes surprised by my age. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And, uh, you know, I, I'm always down to meeting new people and I'm and I'm really like sociable. So I don't have a hard time getting into, um, you know, getting into the groove with people. I didn't, yeah, same. Um, I honestly didn't have like any type of prejudice towards you before I saw you. I was just like, I thought you were cool. I thought you were cooler than I expected you to be. If that kind of makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think, I think people, a lot of people think really, I get this a lot that a lot of people think I'm a big time asshole. And, uh, really? Or, no, I didn't think you were gonna be an asshole. I I knew you were but cool. I get that a lot. Oh, that's weird. Cause no, that's so weird. Where do they get that from? Kosmigan? Because like you don't even give off that vibe at all. Um. Yeah. No. No. Cause I I you know I listened to your podcast. We'd done the, an episode, and I was I knew going in that you were a cool cat. But then I met you, and I was like, ooh, you're even you cooler. You still have your Kolo Hermesi doll collection. I do. I do. <laughs> I loved all the artwork that you had in your house too. That's some really good stuff. Yeah, my you and, house. You and oh, I was gonna say that you and Maz are like a, a really cool couple. Like you guys have like this really cool dynamic that I that I'm sort of almost like jealous about. Where I feel <laughs> um, it's something that has really lacked in my life um, to have a really strong partner where you can rely and 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 be there for one another. It's I think it's such a great thing, and that's why. I think, you know, because I have like this very polyamorous, you know, lifestyle. I'm always. Just, I was going to ask you about that because you talked about it in in your one of your podcasts before you left. You were yeah. like, I was in a polyamorous relationship with like two other people. And I wanted to ask you about it because like I've recently been kind of reading more about it and just kind of researching more about this idea I have where I kind of feel like people just aren't really necessarily meant to be monogamous. And I wanted to ask you about it, actually. Like, what was your, what was your, like, experience? And, and what, what do you think about this topic? You know, it's an interesting topic for me. I talk about it a lot. And um, I, I definitely am more from the school of thought that I think we're not, by design, we're not meant to be um, monogamous. Exactly. But at the same time, if you intellectually pursue a monogamous relationship, it's also fine. I'm not the kind of person that's going to bash, you know, monogamous Whatever works for you. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, um, but I also think at the same time, denying our our natural desires is, is also a very unhealthy thing to do because they manifest themselves into other, sorts of um what do you mean by natural problems. desires though um, what i mean is just like our, our natural our natural sexual desires uh-huh, you know, see uh-huh, another okay. beautiful person whatever a man woman or yeah or, or haji asamini and um and whatever um sort of uh uh sexuality you have doesn't matter like like at one point of our life you know where we're attracted to anything and everything um, yeah it, it just depends on dude i feel like everyone's experimented at one point or another like oh, yeah, absolutely. i they're surely have if they haven't like you know they're 100 percent lying if they have at least if they haven't experimented if they haven't had the thought co- cross through their head at one point yeah you know and i just think that um uh when 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 we don't 
um, respond to these, and we don't communicate these 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 desires. Um, they they tend to to build up and and, and come out in, in different like what's ogde in English? I forgot the word. Um, oh, like yeah. frustrate, you know? They, is it frustrations? Or I, I guess it would kind of be frustrations. But yeah, they, they they come out in these different um, sort of negative ways where um, they, they they affect your whole life because you're you're, you're trying so hard to suppress those feelings and emotions that they end up coming out in another way and, and, and hurting you even more. Yeah. But um, in terms of like uh, the, the polyamorous type relationship, I think the communication is key. You know, it obviously everybody has to, you know, have consent. Yeah. Everybody has to be communicating about it and everybody knows what they're getting into. Um, and I think also with, with, you know, you know, the older I get to, um, you know, I, obviously I still love having sex and stuff, you know, um, but it's like there, there, <laughs> there's like this 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 emotional sort of connection that I also appreciate. And, and, and people sometimes think polyamorous relationship means just like just in terms of sexual tensions and, and desires. But it's not just that. It's oh, also it's a complete emotion. emotional thing as well. Mm-hmm. And uh t- it's, it's sort of like having a couple of best friends or really close friends. And sometimes you sleep with one another as well. And one night, you know, someone's in this bed. One night, someone's in that bed or that home. And for each person, it works in a different context. If they're living together under the same roof or if they're not. Or, you know, um, they're, 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 they have a completely open policy and of, of, of always ex- being able to explore certain things, but they have a, a code or a, 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 with one another. Um, I, 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 I've I found that in my own personal life, the more transparent I am about these things and the more I communicate about them, um, there's... There's zero guilt involved. There's zero negativity. It's it's much more easy to be able to enjoy yourself and your, and your partner when when there is that type of open communication. And you know when when you know I think a lot of problems that, that come around sex also is that you know we're we're afraid to talk about the things that truly turn us on or or how yes. to get off. And I think we just feel like oh my, I just have to get off or she has to just get off and then that's it. And but that, that but there's so much more to the game from the foreplay to the excitement to the adventure to the story behind it and and everyone has kinks too. Everyone has oh yeah, kinks. Absolutely. Even absolutely. the most like vanilla person probably likes some kind of crazy ass shit. Yeah, and that's fine. And 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 they should just be able to talk about it. Yeah, and Hello? communicate. You know, they don't need to be like me and like talk about every detail in public, but <laughs> It's it's okay to, to 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 talk to your partner about these things and but you know and also um, I think to to not be offended if someone asks something of you be be open to the idea of like hey I want to play with some sex toys can we try this and that and because you know a lot of times you know Maradiruni will be like his his pride will be offended how dare she ask for a sex toy you know I, <laughs> yeah I, yeah, am, yeah am I not enough for her <laughs> you know <laughs> and. Uh, I think it's just this this level of understanding, and also like I honestly, I even like tell like people, you know, sometimes that I'm sleeping with, I'm like, you know, I don't feel like sex. You know, this, some some weeks I honestly enjoy masturbating more than just having sex, and it's I, I don't know if that's a thing with age or or just my you know me me you know going through the, the changes that I am with my life. I think and it is age. I think it yeah. is age, because I I 
relate to that. The older I got, I was like, hmm, sometimes you just want to flick your own bean. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it, for sure. Um, yeah, because it's, sometimes it's just like a, a relief mechanism of just getting it out of your system. And so you can just get yeah. back to work, whatever it is you're doing without the hassle and the entanglement of getting, you know, <laughs> getting all crazy and, and, and everything dirty in the house. And um, <laughs> Everything <laughs> dirty in the house. Dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like... <laughs> Shit gets wild out here. <laughs> Yo, would you ever consider doing porn? Um, you know, I've never like seriously considered it, but I, I, I like, like I don't what's your price? Who... Like, what would someone have to offer you for you to do that? Not a lot, to be honest. Um, it's not about the price or anything. I think it's just the uh, like. Uh, I think it would be more if I had if I was going through a kinky exhibitionist sort of phase of wanting to sort of, you know, share my my lovemaking with the world. Only maybe. fans, Bosco. <laughs> like on King Ronald, only fans. <laughs> Yo, honestly, I would subscribe. <laughs> That'd be funny. It, it worked for a lot of people during quarantine. You'd be surprised. You could probably oh, yeah. make. What, one of my friends, like he, his wife got like an OnlyFans guy and he was like, um, she made more money in the past year than I did in like the previous There you five. go. <laughs> Dude, and like, I think you would be and the he first. He was loving every minute of it, you know. He, of course. You'd be the first Iranian like celebrity to have an, an OnlyFans. You'd be like the first Iranian celebrity with like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess with like a sex tape. <laughs> It'd be insane. Well, I... I well, well, funny but true story is that, you know, when, when Sepah raided our house back in Iran, they took away all my computers. On those computers, there are, you know, some tapes. So nice. <laughs> some fucking soldier so I, is wanking it off to you now. If anything ever comes out, I never did it. I don't even have the files anymore. So <laughs> They're like sitting there wanking off to your point. I know. I always think about like how fucked up is it? Like literally a bunch of like. You know, like these crazy old days, Sepa here just sitting there masturbating to my videos or whatever. Film Ramo Didi. And for anyone wondering, yes, those videos were made with consent. They weren't like secret videos or blah, blah, blah or whatever. I love how you have to say that because you know there's going to be somewhere someone out there who's going to be triggered. You like film your sex tape without consent and then that person. I don't know. It's just, you know, there's always, there's always, it's, it's, Something, some grounds you have to cover nowadays, you know, whenever you talk about stories. I know. Or anything, really, whenever you're But, but there's a part of myself that really, um, really, like, tries to be as honest as I humanly can possibly be. Because I don't want to be intimidated by the cancel culture or the political people or the super sensitive people and to not speaking my mind. I think it's important to speak our minds, yes. even, even if it's extremely wrong, yes. even if whatever we're saying, because it's only through this form of, of sharing and communicating and making mistakes, honestly. And you know what? I own up to my fucking mistakes. And we're, we're human, stupid, dude. We're yeah. human. We're supposed to make these mistakes. Nobody is perfect. Yeah, so if I say something stupid on my podcast, by all by all means, like go and shit on me and criticize me and and tell me why you think and I'll and I'll try to defend myself. I think if I have a good position to defend, and if I don't, I'll say you know what I fucked up. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll and be you more learn. Thoughtful. Yeah, and I th and that's one thing I really try to be able to do more often is to be able to to speak my mind because I know what I'm like sometimes telling a story 
And I'm like thinking in the back of my head, oh my God, this story is going to be too extreme for people to listen to or hear. And they're going to take it out of context. But I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to put everything out there because um, this was the whole point of the podcast. Um, and it, it, it has to be as real and genuine as possible or else there's there's no point to it. Yeah. And it's in this process that I can learn to become a better human being where, you know, it's these these issues are talked about. And, you know, I've been very vulnerable on my podcast and talked about a lot of my personal demons. And sometimes people even take that stuff and use it against me. But do you regret do you regret it sometimes? No, not at all. Because I think I I asked I asked people to ask you questions. And one of the questions was actually that um, this one girl asked, you know, since Ram is so open and vulnerable, has he ever regretted being that way because people have used it against him? No, not at all. Because in the bigger picture, like what what people don't see is all the love that I get because of that vulnerability. Ada. And yes, some people t- use it against me. Some people take advantage of it to, to create a narrative about me and my story um, to, to bring me down. And, um, you know, it, it, it's crazy because I've had like celebrity friends and stuff who I've never even had any issues with, but because like, you know, a friend of theirs, you know, uh, you know, maybe I owed money to or had an issue with or whatever, which is by the way, all resolved and everything's like worked out now. Like, you know, I'm, I'm super in the clear about everything. And it's crazy because like that person would, would, would completely cut me off. And, right. and I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, like, you know, Kunetuamgo, yeah, you've done it like a million times worse things. I don't, yeah. I'm not judging you. You know, we're all human. We make mistakes. And to, you know, so it's in, in that sense, sometimes people, I don't know, maybe, you know, my brother was saying something about my podcast, which I found really interesting. And it's, it's about every every form of storyteller is that we're all mirrors, you know, for other people, me, yes. you, everyone else. We're all mirrors. And when we look at one another, you know, we're, we, we see the things that we see in ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. And people who are like me and you who are super unfiltered and speak their mind, we bring out the darkest parts of people as well. You know what? Someone actually said this to me. One of my friends said this to me. I I was telling her, I was like, I don't understand why I'll meet someone. And then, you know, an hour later, they're opening up to me and telling me about their like deepest, darkest things. And she said, you know what, Sai? It's because people like you make it okay to have problems. People like you make it normal and make it okay to talk about your issues because most people always want to project this perfectionist lifestyle and this perfect uh, perfect persona but you don't so people feel at ease around you and they're more susceptible to open up and be their authentic and raw selves so i think that same same thing happens with you too yeah it's exactly the same thing and and, and, and I want to make something very, very clear that just because I talk about my problems doesn't absolve me of all my sins. Exactly. I still like, you know, I'm still working on myself as a human being. I'm very aware of that. You know, some people think that I just talk about these things as if to, you know, you know, get people's forgiveness or make them feel sorry for me. F- fuck no. Nobody like is like the hardest thing is forgiving yourself. For all the terrible shit yeah. you've done or all the stupid shit you've done in your life. Yeah. It's so hard. Anybody listening to this who's ever fucked up, they know exactly what I'm talking about. That guilt that's like always yeah. there. It's, it's the classic, you know, crime and punishment, Dostoevsky, you know, the story that's been told from the beginning of time of us, you know, and, and, and just doing something that we know 
to be a, a, a wrong thing, mm-hmm. but we learn from it. You know, we make mistakes in order to, to, to learn from them to become better. And that doesn't make that. I think that's one part of the realization of my journey that I guess was one of the most hurtful part was like I was just saying is like the fact that I lost a lot of good friends because of some stupid decisions that I've made at certain points in my life is something that always bothers me. But I've learned to come to terms with that. Like, listen, those people have moved on. They, you know, they, they just don't care about you anymore. And it doesn't matter if they ever will. You've, you know, you've reached out to them. You've, you've, you've tried your best to amend whatever a situation was. You've, you've, you've apologized. You've worked on yourself. But the rest is about them. It's not about me anymore. Yeah, exactly. And that takes a really big person to come to that. And it's hard. It took I me applaud you for 40 that. years. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, props, props to you and props to me. We're some fucking kill human beings. Okay. <laughs> hey, are you moving to LA? I saw a story. I'm going it for a month. I'm going it going oh, okay. on the 24th. Um, Do you ever consider moving there? I don't know. I don't think it's my vibe. Um, I think I will eventually move to LA or to, to the state. So? I can't I, do honestly, for too can, long. can I? Like, let's be real. I'm I'm going for a month to see if I can handle it because okay, cool. I've only you know it's very different when you're somewhere like when you're on a vacation somewhere. It's very different than living there. Yeah, you know. So that's why I want to go for a longer period of time and see if it even makes sense for me because I'm very much so a Canadian and like. Fuck America, but like <laughs> I don't know. It's just more creative people there, you know. Miguzi, there's like five actors and and yeah, people exactly. who are creative and want to do stuff with you. But Toronto's kind of like dry ass fucking vagina. So well, if, 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 if that's what Toronto's like, Vancouver, oh yeah, dude, uh, <laughs> I grew up in Vancouver too, so yeah, I feel you. It's just beautiful. It's nice, but like you know, unless you're into like Lululemon and e-bikes, you know, it's just like um. Or if you're retired, or if you're yeah. a rich Persian in West Van, those are the only people who enjoy Vancouver. The rest of the people are like, "Fuck." And I love like, it how, like, you know, I see like the, the 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 amount of like mental gymnastics that like my rich Persian friends do in West Van to convince me that this is the greatest city on earth. It's like, dude, you're trying too hard. It's not. Not <laughs> even that, dude. You're living in like a five million dollar mansion with like a beautiful yeah. view. Like, of course you're gonna think it's nice. <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, I can't. But yeah, I'm going for a month, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if I like it or not. The next thing we know, you're like the next like Lady Gaga, and you're like the superstar. No, I would never. Honestly, you know what? There's there's two things that I'm 100 percent sure of. One is I will never be like a huge star because I'm too real, and I can't I can't be boxed in to like. I can't, how do I, how do I put this? Like if I was to be on a show or whatever and they were like, oh, you can't do this, this and this. I'd be like, fuck you. I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm a liability. So that won't ever happen. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe something in, in comedy and theater. I, I'm, I've been writing a show. Oh, so, nice. so hopefully we'll, we'll see. Eva. We'll see. Yeah. Dude, it was awesome talking to you. Same here, same here. I mean, it's it's always great catching up with you. I totally dig your vibe and everything that you do. And it's not just coming from someone who is like being like a, a fangirl, but I really, really think that you're you're doing some cool shit that a lot of people don't have the balls to do and is much needed, you know, 
uh, in, in today's world. So keep it up. Likewise, likewise for you. I know your podcast is in Farsi, so you have a bigger impact because, you know, more Iranians can listen to it and learn from you and learn these, not learn, but just see this different way of thinking. And, and I appreciate you doing that. And you're awesome. Much love, my friend. Much love to you, Rom. <laughs> and send my regards <laughs> to Moz, too. I will. I will. Definitely. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming on the show. This was a great, very deep conversation. Yeah, um, they, got, they got too deep. It's so funny. <laughs> like, it's so weird because people always think like, oh, Sahar Gulshani, she's going to be fun and like funny and da 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 da. But like, can you attest to this too? Like, I'm not always funny. I'm usually very deep. Like, I'm, people no, think but I'm... you're really funny, man. When I, even the couple of times that I hung out with you, I was laughing my ass off when I was at your house. Well, yeah, like, like, I guess I'm I, funny. But in those moments, we were drunk and high and stuff too. So it's different, but... <laughs> I'm funny, but like, I'm not like what people would think. You know what I mean? I feel yeah, like yeah. when you're anything to do with comedy, people think that you're always on. You know what I mean? Right, but right, it's yeah. that's not the case. So, and you just saw that from this podcast. We went pretty fucking deep. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. Right. Thank you. I love you. You're the best. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk too. soon. Get you back on my podcast. Do the yes. first one after we see the. Yo, we should do one. we should do a sex episode. Sure, yeah. I'll teach guys how to fucking lick some stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I think we should also get like someone you know in, on the show too, or maybe like a panel of people who are Ooh. just you know outrageously in the sex world. Yes, and living that life. So I'm I'm interested to listening to your podcast with the porn star. Yeah, I know. I'm super excited. <laughs> All right, bubs. Merci, Gomadi. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Ducks. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Fucking love Rom. He's the best. Um, And yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. Peace out, bitches and snitches with stitches.